maybe they're they're struggling with it or they're wondering about it and just bringing those conversations to them like I don't know I think about the amount of conversations I have with some of my friends or just people in my community that I leave and I'm just so inspired by what they say I'm like oh if everyone could just like be in on these conversations that I have um and then I'm like wait but they can um and so I guess like my hope is that it can just like be stuff that people can be so inspired by and I want to be I want to be a voice of hope to people I want to challenge people to just go outside the norm and the cultural trends and actually like okay think what is God saying about this like how would God answer these questions and I mean we don't have all of the answers but at least we can start the conversation is kind of how I see it joining us for our first episode. Hey, well, it's great to be here. Thanks so, for inviting me. to start off, do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Totally. Well, my name is Emilio, and I am a youth pastor and a young adults pastor at Oasis Church here in Winnipeg. I've been a pastor for about five years at a variety of churches across Canada, and uh, yeah, it's been super fun. I love, I love doing it. So you've been a pastor for five years, mm-hmm. and you're 25? 24. Almost 25. 24. So you've been a pastor since you've been 19. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, my first pastorate, I like had just turned 19. I had come back from my first year of Bible college, and I was working. Uh, I got hired to like do an interim position for uh, a church, like a really small church. That's an absolutely incredible church here in the city called Grace Community Church. Mm-hmm. And I like became the interim youth pastor for a summer. And like during that summer, the senior pastor resigned. And so it was me and a children's pastor, like going like, how do we run this church? Oh, just <laughs> into the deep end. But it was so much fun. They were such yeah. an incredible community and I absolutely loved it. Oh, cool. How did you get into ministry to begin with? Like what was kind of the path towards that? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I like, so I was, so I grew up in a Christian home, that type of stuff. And I say like my parents were like the ultimate congregants. Like they, they were your stereotypical church congregants. Grew up here in the city, would have a church called Calvary at a church called Calvary Temple just downtown. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, my parents were like the parents who who they like show up late, like but they tithe and they sometimes volunteer, right? Like they're like they definitely didn't raise me under a pew, you know? Yeah. They were like, yeah, we go to church, and they love Jesus. Like I love my parents, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I think they're like def- definitely not pastor's kid, definitely not a like a hyper church family, mm. you know? A little bit different than my upbringing. Sure. Of like PK, always in the church 24-7. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I grew up going to church, but I didn't grow up like in like that pastor, like that pastor culture, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so like going through high school, I was like, man, like not into Jesus. Like I'd rather go do other things than follow Jesus. So I kind of stepped away from my faith and that type of thing. But then I was like 17 years old and I realized, I don't know, I just had like this moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like I don't like how I'm living my life mm. at all. Um, and so I was like, I need to figure something out. So I like, first thing I tried was Christianity. And I was like, I, I remember this moment where I was like, God, like, I don't know if you're real. I don't know if you're there. Um, but I'm going to give you a shot for a week. And if it works out great. And if not, then who cares? <laughs> I love it. Like, actually, like I was just like yeah. in this space, like as a high school student where I was just so unhappy with my life that I was like, okay, I'm going to try this out. Mm. 
And like the next day I woke up and everything was better. And I was like, oh my gosh, this wow. is like, it was literally like a weight had been lifted off wow. my crazy. life. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I need to start following Jesus. So I like just decided to follow him. And wow. a few months later, I felt like he like put on my heart just to be a pastor. And he's like, you need to go to Bible college. You need to do this for your life. And I was like, oh my gosh. Crazy. And so I did. Yeah. yeah. So that's like a radical transformation right there of just like one day you're living life just however you want. And then the next day it's like, God totally grabbed a hold of your whole life mm -hmm. and everything. Would you say that that's the normal of like, you decide to follow God or you even decide like, okay, God, I'm going to give you a week and like, let's just see how this goes. Would you say that's the normal of like, God works that fast for people? I don't think anything in following God is normal. Mm. Um, by nature, God is supernatural and our relationship with him is a supernatural relationship. Like it, it really transcends like natural boundaries and mm -hmm. he doesn't, he doesn't really play by rules. Um, like we like straight lines, yeah. um, but God, in my experience, God doesn't operate in straight lines. Like he's a God of order and mm -hmm. things are ordered, but he isn't formulaic. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, and so I think my experience is my experience and other people will have different experiences because yeah, there's really no normal. Yeah. Which I love that. I love that. Like God created us so unique, which means that he has such a unique relationship with every single one of us. Totally. And so we don't have to like look at yours and be like, that didn't happen for me. Like, yeah. did I do it wrong or anything like that? It's like, know your story is your story yeah. and it's beautiful. And he's going to reveal himself to each person differently yeah. based on how like everything about them, like everybody's so different. And yeah. so God might reveal them, himself to one person in a way that just speaks to their cultural uh, upbringing, their family upbringing, their, their personality. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and something that would speak to somebody else is something that wouldn't speak to me. Right. So, yeah. yeah, totally. So something that I'm finding in my life is that I have, I'll have the same conversation like over and over again. And I'll be like asking the same question over and over and just like wanting to hear so many different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I've been having conversations with people lately is this idea of like, where is God in this pandemic? Hmm. And I think that a lot of people are asking that whenever there's like change or crisis or whatever, people are always asking like, okay, where can I see God in this? And we are in such a unique, I know you said before, you don't like seasons. Such a unique time. You're not know. wrong. It is a unique season. So we're in such a unique time though, that um, it can be hard to see where God is because we've never gone through this before. So how do you explain that? Or like, do you have that tension in your own life of like, where is God? Hmm. Or do you see him really clearly right now? That's a good question because I think that when we're looking for God, um, our theoretical understanding of where God is and our practical personal understanding of where God is are two different things. Mm. And I think as a pastor, like I, and as somebody who like I did this for school, went to school for this, like I intellectually know the right answer to that question. Mm. You know what I mean? And right. I can say, oh, God is here. God is with us, that yeah. kind of stuff, you know? But oftentimes that, that it that truth that I know is theoretically true mm -hmm. and it, it is intellectually true is not my felt experience. Hmm. Right. You know? So how do you deal with that tension of like, okay, I don't feel God right now, but I've learned that he's true and my experience has showed me that he he's real, but I don't feel him. What do you do with yeah, that? Totally. I, I, well, first of all, I would say like for anybody who might be listening or watching this is that maybe you don't know that 
like theoretically that God is real or like that in an abstract way, God is above it and God is in control and all those things. And if you don't know that uh, and you're watching this, I want you to know that that is true, that he is in control, that yeah. he is above it all, that he's actually um, supreme and sovereign over yeah. everything, right? So that is that is the eternal truth about God. But then the how we reconcile the practical is, I really think it's about um, trying to be in the presence of God. Hmm. And, and what think, do, can you explain like what that even means for someone who maybe like they've never experienced the presence of God or totally. they're like can't see God how is he present like yeah. how do you explain that 100% um so the presence of God like we talk about prayer all the time in church and maybe that's better language to use mm-hmm. um because people have an understanding or a conception of what prayer is right yeah. like and some people think prayer is like folding hands like praying certain words blah 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 um, but prayer really is just a conversation with God. Mm-hmm. And, and when we talk about the presence of God, prayer is just accessing the presence of God. Every time you pray, every time you willingly want to talk to God, that is stepping into a place where you can have a conversation. So mm-hmm. stepping into the presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes maybe you've been in a church where you've heard the metaphor that like prayer is like a cell phone that you can always call God. I, I actually think that's a bad metaphor. Like mm, it, it's good, be, but I don't think it's full. You know what I mean? Right. It gives us the understanding that like, hey, we're calling somebody who's way far off. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. But the idea of prayer isn't that we're calling someone who's way far off. It's almost like uh, like a way to teleport to the very to the very throne room mm, of God. Yeah, it's, I love that imagery. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a space where God is actually right next to and near us, and we are entering into a, a spiritual place where God is right beside us. Hmm. It isn't yeah. that we're calling for help. It's that help is right beside us and has been. Yeah. And we're just turning our mind to the reality, the spiritual reality of the situation. Hmm. And I, I think that, that I think that's what prayer is. Yeah. And so... And that's what the presence of God is. And that's how I'd explain it to somebody. Mm. It's being willing to be aware and step into the spiritual reality of the present. Mm. Even though that that spiritual reality isn't reflected in your practical reality. Right. You know? Yes. So your practical reality is crisis. Things are bad. I think at this point in this pandemic, we, a lot of us are past the crisis moment and a mm-hmm. lot of us are into the, I'm just frustrated moment, yes. you know? Yeah, and so right now the normal around me is frustration, um, but the spiritual reality is, hey, like there's peace, there's control, mm-hmm. there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's something that's gonna come out of it. Yeah. Um, this isn't good. The pandemic isn't a good thing. It isn't something that was part of God. Like, I don't, that's, I'm not going to say that, but, um, that's like a whole other, that's a whole other like, thing. God plan this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe we could go down that rabbit hole, but it, yeah. the pandemic isn't a good thing, mm-hmm. but God is still sovereign over it. Right. So yeah. yeah, stepping into the presence of God and making yourself aware of that spiritual reality, um, in spite of the practical reality mm-hmm. is this process of prayer. Right. So when you're not feeling God, do you always go to that place of like, okay, I don't feel him. So I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk to God. Is that like well, if I was a good like... if I was a good pastor, I would say yes. <laughs> but um, if I was a good Christian, obviously that's the right answer. But no, like the reality is, like I'm a human, and yeah. it is. I think it's actually difficult to to enter the presence of God, not because He's difficult to to reach, mm-hmm. but because for me in my personal experience, and this might be your experience or your listeners' experience, yeah. but I think 
to enter the presence of God is difficult mm. because there's, there's two things in the presence of God that we talk about. Uh, well, the one thing that we talk about a lot in church is that the presence of God is full of peace and joy and love and blah, 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 blah. And those are amazing, true, blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. <laughs> it's like, oh, not important, blah, 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 blah. No, think about all the good <laughs> stuff. That's the presence of God. Yeah. True, right? Yeah. And, and if that was the only thing the presence of God was, I would be running to the presence of God every single day. Hmm. But the truth is, I don't run to the presence of God every single day. And you don't either. And nobody who's watching is either. Well, all. hey, man, you like, don't maybe, know my life. Right, you're right. Maybe Just you kidding. do. Sorry. I am so human. It's so sad. You're Not sad. It's beautiful that it's I'm It's so human, beautiful. But. but no, like, to be honest, like, it's hard to enter the presence of God because not only is there... So there's the love piece, but there's mm. also an exposing that happens in the presence of God. Hmm. Because to be in the presence of the eternal creator God of the universe means that there's a, it's like a light that's shining so bright that the parts of you that you don't want to be exposed gets exposed. Hmm. Yeah. It's the parts of you that, because you know that like entering the presence of God isn't like, I think underneath all of our heart, all the surface of our of our thought process and our subconscious we know that that entering into that space with god is going to point out things that we need to fix mm, yeah. you know and that's the difference between uh secular meditation and prayer meditation is seeing your world as it is mm. and saying okay this is my mind space this is my internal space right now this is my life right now and i'm okay with that and there's a part so it's assessing which is part of prayer, but then prayer takes that to another level where it says, mm. this is the world as it is, but the, this is the world that I need to change. These are the mm, things wow. in my world that need to change. Yeah. And that's difficult yeah. because we don't like change. We don't like fixing problems in our life, right? Yes. So I think the reason why it's difficult to get there and why I don't always run to the presence of God when I know mm. I should, when mm. I know that's the right answer, when I know that I, like that there's catharsis there when I enter into that space with God and when I wrestle with him mm -hmm. um, is because it's hard because yeah. it's spiritual work. Yeah. It's actually work. Yeah. And we don't like work. No. <laughs> we want <laughs> it to be all that. like cookie cutter, easy. It's okay. I'll follow this formula of like ABC and then I'm good with God. But like that's not realistic. And it's so interesting how... I have found myself like on a Sunday night at the Ascent, someone comes up to me and tells me how they're having a hard time feeling God. And I'll just try to encourage them and I'll pray over them and I'll be like, he's there, like just keep praying. And then it can be literally like the next day I will have trouble experiencing the presence of God. Mm. And just like, wait, did what I just tell them, am I actually living that out? Mm. And it like is very convicting for me of actually, okay, when I don't feel God, mm. How am I actually responding? And I find that it's like this crazy tension between heaven and earth. Like we are obviously on earth, mm -hmm. yet we have access to heaven and mm -hmm. we can get close to heaven, but we can never lose earth totally. while we're still here. And so it's this like tension of, okay, we can access the presence of God, yet I'm still so human and I'm still so broken. And sometimes that can keep us from who God totally is, hmm. which there, it's a tension. That's like the mm -hmm. best way I know how to describe it. It's like yeah. this weird tension between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I think that tension exists. And I think that's part of like, that's our human experience, mm -hmm. right? Like confronting our frailty in spite of eternity. Yeah. Um, or in light of eternity. But I would push back on one thing you said. Go for um, it. Not, not to say you're wrong. But no, no. Just you another, can totally say, I, Brittany, you're wrong. Well, I don't think you're wrong. I, like, I, I just, I do it. think there's just an additional layer. Sure. Um, 
is that the biblical in the biblical conscious and consciousness and in the biblical narrative it's not that humans are broken and have to strive towards heaven hmm. you know yes. but it's that humans were created to be in a relationship with god to be mm-hmm. in uh, a heavenly space yeah. uh, which is in genesis 1 and 3 1 to 3 and then humans we we failed um, and then the whole narrative of the Bible is God himself working at bringing heaven back down to earth. Hmm. And so yes. to get us back to a space where heaven and earth overlap. I'm so glad that you you clarified that and like pointed that out. Cause, yeah, that's so true. It was like we shouldn't be talking only like we're over striving after something because mm-hmm. also God is coming to us. Yeah. yeah. And that's the process, right? There's yeah. the, the process of sanctification isn't. I am so human and I am broken and, and because of my brokenness, I can't reach the reach God. That's a layer to it. That's mm-hmm. an aspect. But the other aspect is that God is actually working with us to redeem our humanity mm-hmm. and he's yeah. actually sanctifying us and he actually wants to make us more like him in a process of it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes as Christians, there's some schools of Christian thought that, that we get so depressed over our depravedness, you mm-hmm. know? And I think the reality is, yeah, we can't access God by ourselves, right? But that's why Jesus showed up. Yeah. He showed up to bring us into a space where we can access the presence yeah. of God. We're never going to be perfect here, but God, over the course of our life, he's going to bring us to a place, if we let him, of improvement spiritually. Mm. Yeah. And he wants to do that spiritual work with us. Um, and I want to get better. You know, yeah. like I want to be better able to hear God next year than I do this year. Yes. I want to be, I don't want to be struggling with the same problems emotionally, mentally, or spiritually that mm-hmm. I do next year as I do this year. I want to be yeah. over some of these things. I want to be, I want to be better. Yeah. And I think that's the journey that Christ invites us on. That, yeah. That like growth. And, and also like the role of the Holy Spirit in all of that is the Holy Spirit is like our connector between earth and God. Totally. And He's the one who gets to speak encouragement and wisdom into us. But also, like, I love in in Romans 8 where it talks about the spirit interceding with words um, or with groans that words cannot express. Mm-hmm. And this Come idea on. of, like, when we don't even know what to say. Like, literally, sometimes I'll just cry and I'll just let myself cry out and be like, okay, hey, Holy Spirit, like, you interpret this because I don't mm-hmm. even know what I'm saying right yeah. now. But, like, you just speak to God what I need right now. And mm-hmm. He totally does. Sometimes I don't see it or I mm-hmm. don't feel it, but like I do believe like that the Holy Spirit works in that way. Oh, totally. That's such a beautiful aspect to the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. The the working with the Holy Spirit. In in John chapter 16, um, Jesus, when he's telling the disciples about the Holy Spirit, he's like, hey, I'm going to send a comforter to you. That word comforter, I, I love talking about the Holy Spirit. If we, <laughs> I, I could talk about the Holy Spirit for hours, honestly. Oh, awesome. Let's do um, it. <laughs> But the word there, comforter, is mm. in Greek, it's parakletos, which in some script, like some modern tra- English translations, it's uh, translated as advocate or comforter or helper or encourager. Like mm. it has a multiplicity of, in- of English interpretations. Yeah. But in Greek, a parakletos literally means someone who would like run beside, someone who would be like with you. Mm. And so the idea is that uh, the Greeks, like as they were training for the Olympics or races or anything, there would be um, a runner, right? Or you're biking, you're training, right? Yeah. They, they would, there'd be somebody who's training for an event and then there would be a coach, a parakletos, who would be beside that person. Mm, and wow. since they didn't have stopwatches or anything, the parakletos would be keeping pace for the runner. 
Hmm. So, or the, the racer or whatever. Yeah. So the idea is that the paracletos is somebody who is stronger than us, who's faster than us, who wow. would be beside us running the race with us, hmm. who would be encouraging us as we run. Wow. Right. That's such a cool picture. Totally. I love that. And, and yeah. in that you get all this, all these layers of encouragement, advocate, like, mm -hmm. um, helper, comforter, all of those things are wrapped up in this image of the Holy Spirit being someone who runs beside us mm -hmm. as we as we try to follow Jesus. Yeah. And as we struggle through crisis, as we struggle through stuff like what's happening right now, right? Yeah. It's that the Holy Spirit is right beside us. So mm -hmm. when you look at the world and the state that our world is in now, but also the state that our world is constantly in, because yeah, this is a global pandemic, but our mm -hmm. world is constantly going through hard things. Oh yeah, totally. Where do you see the Holy Spirit working? Where do you see God hmm. working in all of that? And that could just be like mm -hmm. a personal thing in your own life, not even like on a global scale, mm -hmm. but how do you see God? Well, I guess on a personal note, like I think for me, if there's one thing this pandemic's done, it's caused me to reflect and to see like, mm -hmm. man, like the parts of my life that I do, like to, to step into that presence yeah. of God, right? Yeah. And to reflect on those parts of my life where I'm like, oh man, like I need to fix that. Like that mm -hmm. is not okay. Like I need to work on this, right? Yeah. And, and that sanctifying work, that exposing work is the work of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. right? That's yeah. part of what he does. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the ways that this pandemic, uh, that God has been using this pandemic for me personally, mm. for my personal life. Yeah. But then for the world, I think that's so general. <laughs> Not to say that's a bad question. <laughs> no, it's, yeah, but, that's totally fair. It's so general be, yeah. and, and God is, I think sometimes we want big blanket general answers yeah. to our questions about God. We want the easy, like quick search, Wikipedia, it, get yeah. an answer in a paragraph and exactly, move on. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that's even a, that's even something in our culture where we love just general big picture ideas or whatever. Like, just tell mm -hmm. me like, if it can't fit in a tweet, I don't want it. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. But, by his nature, God is complicated and he's supernatural and he is so big and so, and he loves each of us so much that he wants to do individual work in everyone's life. Mm -hmm. So I think what God is doing in the world through this pandemic is the sum of what he's doing in each of us through this pandemic, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, like I think people are going to be different and people are going to change. And I, my prayer is that um, people would move towards him, that mm -hmm. they would see, yeah. see the inner poverty of their hearts, that I would mm -hmm. see my own, my own weakness yeah. and that I would move towards him and that he would do that around the world. Yeah. So here's another question, kind of moving mm -hmm. away from this idea. Um, but I feel like a lot of people, like myself included, are dealing with a lot of like disappointments right now mm. of, okay, we were planning all of these things. So like in my family, we were planning both my sister, sister's mm -hmm. weddings. I was planning a trip to Israel. I was planning a bike trip with my dad to the West Coast. And all these things aren't happening now. And I just think back of like all the months that so much prayer and planning went into all of that. Mm. And now I'm like... God knew all along this wasn't happening. Hmm. Why did he let me like go along and plan? Why do you let me put in the work? Things? Yeah, like yeah. why do you let me put in the work and the money and all that stuff and like getting so excited about it when he knew it wouldn't happen. How do you reconcile with emotions like that? Huh. Do you have any emotions like that with the pandemic going on? <sighs> like definitely a sense of like, I, we had to cancel a trip and some stuff like that, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? 
Um, but like, I don't know, like I, no, we, we didn't have any big weddings this summer. So, so that, that's <laughs> a, a good summer for, for you then. Yeah. yeah we're, this is, this is a better summer <laughs> than previous summers for this pandemic. But, uh, I think, I, I think what you're highlighting there is the sense of grief mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm grieving on over what was lost. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, and I think that's totally fair. The first thing mm-hmm. I'd say is I think that the emotion of grief is a, an emotion you should have and it's okay to sit in that Hmm. anytime something is lost like we can grieve over so many things like if somebody lost a family member during this time and they haven't been able to have a funeral like that so hard yeah um and i can't imagine what that person like what you're you're going through like that is very difficult if that if you're listening and that's you and i'm Mm -hmm. really sorry um and so often we think grief is exclusive to death or something like that, which is major and obviously there's grief there. Yeah. But we grieve over a ton of things. Yeah. We grieve over our, um, our lost potential. We grieve over lost, um, lost hopes, lost dreams, lost everything. We, le- we grieve over our past sometimes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. And so what you kind of just explained there is like, like this experience of saying, where is God in, like, why didn't he tell me three months ago? Like in, in a sense, you're grieving over your lost time. Mm-hmm. You're like, I didn't need to do this. So yeah. you're not only grieving over your future, but you're also grieving over your past. Right. And you're like, is this year a wash? <laughs> like, what's the point? Yeah. Like, why doesn't God save me from these emotions? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's asking God to do something that he hasn't promised us he'd do hmm. um, because grief is normal and human emotions is normal are normal yeah. and, and I think it's okay to sit in that and God never promised us that we'd be free of human emotion right. and th- I don't think that's his job you know he just promised us that he'd be with us in mm. it yeah. and now would it be amazing if we all had amazing prophecies that that this would happen and that we would plan our finances accordingly yeah. you know what i mean god chose the whole future god chose the whole future like think of how many <laughs> i was in a chat with some youth pastors and one guy said think of all the prophecy conferences that happened in 2019 why didn't they predict <laughs> that this new decade would suck no one like, guessed like it. nobody predicted this and it's like well maybe god doesn't care about giving us that information Hmm. like i I actually do think that that's huge if we actually believe that god is sovereign and god is holy and god is above maybe god doesn't care about giving you the information that a pandemic's coming maybe Hmm. that's not his top priority then what is his top priority i think his top priority is shaping us more into the image of jesus Hmm. and so how is this pandemic doing that do you think yeah i think it's always just pushing us towards the presence of god Mm. Um, back to what we talked about at the beginning. I think all of it is is pushing us towards the presence of God. I'm not saying that God has orchestrated the pandemic so that we'd be in a crisis moment to push mm. us into the presence of God because I do not think that is true. Mm. Um, but I do think that the thing that God wants to do in all of our life is to push us more towards Jesus, to mm. push us to more, to lean into his presence, to, to, to bring those emotions where we're like, I'm, I'm grieving, I'm frustrated, I'm angry, I'm not happy about this. Mm-hmm. Bring that to God. Yeah. What's he going to say? Ooh, dum-dum. No. Because like, <laughs> God what... uses dum-dum all the time. Oh, yeah, totally. He's like, oh, you're so, so stupid. What do you think? And he's, he talks like that, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, God's not going to tease us. He's not going to make fun of us. He's not going to be right. like, you stupid. Like, you're... You, 
whatever, right? He's not going to make yeah. fun of us for bringing our, our emotions to him. Mm-hmm. He's actually going to sit with us in it. Yeah. He's he's going to be that the Holy Spirit's going to be that Paracletos, right? Yeah. He's going to be that that person who sits with us and grieves with us and feels with us. And my prayer would be that in that that being with that we'd become closer to him. If you were to challenge our community with one thing uh, for this, maybe like a question to ask or a conversation to start, or I don't know, Mm -hmm. you can think of anything, but what would you want to say? Yeah, I guess my question, and we've talked about this a bit, but like is what is preventing me from being in the presence of God? Mm. Like what is preventing me from stepping into that space? Yeah. Um, And is it a fear? Is it a fear that God's going to expose me? Is it a fear that, uh, or is it something in my life that I don't want to deal with Mm. that I know God's going to put his finger on? Mm. So uh, I guess that'd be a question. And that's really challenging. And I would say you don't need to tell anybody about it. (laughs) That's one that you don't need to, you don't need to say, tell it to anybody. It's just something you write in your journal and you, you really meditate on. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be my thought. Uh, Well, I love this conversation. Thank you so much for, for being a part of our first episode. Hey, well, thanks for inviting me. This was a blast. You know, I just really loved what Emilio said about how when we don't feel God in this season or in any season, um, how we can just enter into his presence and he's drawing us into his presence. And so I'm just here, I'm in my bedroom. Uh, This is the chair that I sit in all the time. And I just, I pray in this chair, I journal in this chair, I read my Bible, I get mad at God in this chair, I ask him questions, I dream in this chair. Um, this chair is just kind of where God has really spoken to me a lot. And I know that right now this season is so weird for a lot of us. Um, we've had to grieve things that we thought were going to happen that now aren't happening. Or um, we haven't been able to see people like we would want to. Or we haven't been able to visit grandparents. Or maybe you've lost someone during this time. Or um, this is a really financially hard time for you. And as the Ascent family, I just want to say, we feel for you, we're all feeling it, and um, we just wanna come together and remind each other of who God is. Because yeah, our situations, they can suck, um, but God is still, he's so much greater than all of this. And it can be so hard to see how he's working sometimes or where he is at. And I'm always just reminded of Habakkuk. Um, he's a prophet in the Old Testament and he did a lot of just asking God the hard questions of where are you and why don't I see you at work right now? And this is how God answers him in Habakkuk 1 verse 5. He says, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. You know, we can be like, why didn't God prepare us for this? Like, where was God in all this? But what if God is about to do something that we wouldn't even believe if he had told us? You know, this this pandemic, it wasn't part of God's plan or it's not like he orchestrated it to teach us something but I do believe that he's going to use it to grow us he's going to use it to challenge us and to draw us closer to him and so I challenge you this week enter into the presence of God read scripture um, spend some time in prayer you know we're going to be releasing a devotional every day on our Instagram um, so you can go ahead and, and follow us and we're just as a community going to be reading scripture together just reading a really short um, devotional and just ask the questions, continue the conversation, and just continue to inspire each other during this time. So I love you guys, and I can't wait for our next conversation next week.